DVD player? Yeah, only the best. You know an awful lot for an island girl. Um, well, see, um, a TV washed up on the beach once and the island king made the whole tribe watch it. Cool! I love this song! Hey, me too! Settle on into our brand new podcasting home that Clint has purchased for us with his big boy adult job. Thank you for buying this house for us, Clint. Hey, it's it's nothing. It's no big deal. I just kind of wanted to surprise you. The smile on your face is worth it. Well, color me surprised. Yeah, uh, I can tell. Welcome to Purely Nostalgia. It's the podcast where we look at the th- movies that we liked as kids with our adult eyes, and we try to figure out if they're actually good or if we just thought they were. I was laughing because I was panicking because I don't have <laughs> the sentence in front of me that I normally read, but it's okay. I got through it. My name is Eli Shapsmith, and I am the greatest good you're ever going to get. And my name is Clint Jazz Hands Page, and I'm what the French call kind of nervous because <laughs> that added some weird nervous energy in here. No, I'm feeling good. This is going to be our best episode yet because I love. I know you love when I say that, that it's going to be our yeah, best episode. Yeah, that's true. Yet. Usually you say that off mic, and then I chastise you you. and you get mad well one time i said it on mic and you got mad and you're like don't say that it's gonna suck now well yeah and that's mainly a note for me because i i can't i can't be held to good expectations if i'm ever told at work clint you're doing a good job i'm like oh man i'm about to be fired yeah and whenever i say that it's going to be our best episode yet it's usually not based on anything it's just kind of a nervous reaction that i do to like reassure myself that it is not a waste of time what we do when every other week we get on these little microphones and our um, on our little computers and we talk about children's movies that this is a worthwhile <laughs> thing that we do. I have to convince myself of that all yeah. the time. Were you did you get like stage fright or like pre stage pre performance anxiety when you were in high school doing musicals with me? Um, not really. I don't think that was ever really a big thing for me. I remember always being really nervous doing like um, presentations in class and like mm-hmm. and even like theater class when we had to do like monologues in front of the class and stuff. But whenever it was a big performance on a stage with lights, it never really bothered me because you can't really see the people. Did, and like, so I, every single time I would throw up, no, or okay, I kind of jumped to this story. Every single time <laughs> I would, hold on a minute. Every single time I would, uh, have to go on stage for a performance whether it was in high school or even in college i would sneak off into the bathroom and then i would throw up and then i would be fine were you making yourself throw up or was it just you had to throw no. up no i didn't purge myself but no it was just like a nervous reaction i would just throw up once it was a little bit of throw up and then i was like all right i'm good to go and then uh i was fine after that weird i've never had that experience you have a problem you it was my little secret routine. Um, well, I'm really enjoying this home that you purchased for us to record our podcast in. Always going to miss that old podcast house that we used to record yeah. in. Now, um, I know for the, for the viewers, and I know that you, I know you're here with me, Elisha, uh-huh. but I want to describe to the viewers what my podcast, what our room looks like in our podcasting yes, house. Yes, and, and I can see it. 
but just go ahead and say it for the viewers, as you call them. Sure. So in front of us, big marble fireplace, mm-hmm. um, meaning it does not produce flames, but it produces marble. Um, it's it's difficult, but it does it. And, um, and it is marbles that it produces, not yes, marbles. Yes, correct. <laughs> not like marble slab. It it just throws up little marbles. It's like every uh, hour. It's just like... <laughs> and then yes. we can't stand up or we might slip and fall. Yeah. It, it, we did this as an homage to Home Alone. Right. Which was um, a bad idea. Which was a very bad idea. Um, above us is uh, an op- the ceiling is completely open. Uh, we have no ceiling, um, and that is to you know to really help us observe nature. Uh-huh. Uh, below us, no floors. No floors. Uh, no floors. We are standing on dirt and snakes. and hol- holding our microphones. While you you may be thinking, what else does this room have? All I'm hearing is that it has a marble fireplace, and there's no ceiling, and there's no floor. Uh, you would be correct. That's all that it has. Now, there is a cardboard box nearby that we can mm-hmm. crawl into if it starts raining. That's true. And it also serves as our bed. Mm-hmm. Chandler has not sh- been enjoying this new setup. <laughs> no, she does not like it at all. Uh, I mean, she has her own cardboard box, but because you and I are in this business endeavor together, we, we do have to share it. She wanted to share a box with you and make me have my own box, but I would not have that because I am frightened of the dark. Mm-hmm. And you said, I can't sleep unless I'm cuddled. Mm-hmm. So, but um, it is what it is. It's been a good setup. I like it so far. Nacho is getting a little bit loud, but it'll be fine. Yeah. Well, he has to share the box with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he, we we got him his own little box. We got him a shoe box to put in the corner of our box. It's a box in a box. Yeah, which is sad to think about shoving in a, a dog in a shoe mm-hmm. box. So he normally just sits in the big box with us. And well, Chandler's we alone. poked some we poked some holes in there for him so he could breathe. Yeah, and they so just he's fine. Shut shut up, Nacho. We're trying to record hey, that a was, podcast. Man, that was good. Do you ever have you ever thought about doing voiceover work for animals? Uh, no. Well, no, I haven't. I've always kind of wanted to voice a character in an anime. I think I could do that pretty well. In it, just in an anime specifically. Yeah, just in an anime. I feel like that'd be fun. Okay. Um, I feel like your character would look exactly like you. Yeah, but it would look exactly like me, but I'd have a backpack and some sort of little furry creature that sits on my shoulder like a Pokemon. And you would have a hat. I would have a hat, yeah, like a Ash Ketchum hat. Yeah, backwards. Yeah, I agree. Uh, speaking of hats, did I tell you when I got my father for his 60th birthday? I'm assuming it's a hat because you said speaking of hats. You're, you are correct. It's a hat with a picture of me on it, and it says, Daddy's a good boy on it. <laughs> It's a very good gift. Yeah, it's it's like it? a trucker hat. How much did you pay for that? Uh, six dollars. Does he wear it? Uh, he it, it has yet to arrive at their house. Mm. Okay, so he hasn't seen it yet. 
has not seen it yet. No, um, it should be, because Amazon Amazon's a little bit delayed right now because of things, um, and so it, I ordered it like a few weeks ago, and it's taking like a month to get there. I'd like to get your dad on this podcast sometime to um, just say some words. He would be. He would not want to do this at all. Could you trick him into it? Could you just like get him on the phone and not tell him that we're recording? Yeah, he probably like. Well, what I would need to do is say like, "Hey, Dad, um, here's your birthday present. We're on KZ one hundred six, classic rock, right now." <laughs> and he'd he'd do it then. Okay, yeah, let's do that. And then the next episode, that's gonna happen. Did you, you ever listen to KZ one hundred six? No. Uh, I used to I, listen to it every morning. See, my father is dead, so I don't have a reason to. <laughs> well, okay. <That's... laughs> I, I don't, in my defense, I don't listen to it because I'm like, ah, okay, dad would be proud. Let me listen to it. <laughs> Why do you do this to me? You know I don't like it. I love it. I love doing that to you. Um, well, I'm disabled, so, you know. It doesn't make me uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> but what were you going to say about KZ-106? There's a radio program that comes on in the mornings called John Boy and Billy, and it's like just these two hillbillies that do a radio show, and they're actually pretty funny. And my dad did get on the radio. Oh, didn't he do his George Bush impression on it? No, that was, that was me. I got on the radio <laughs> Wait, doing what? a George Bush impression. <laughs> okay. Um, which we'll get to that story later. Well, you've told but, that story uh, on the show before, but I don't think you've told this other one. Okay. Yeah. This was my dad. He called it, which John William Billy is like a nationally syndicated, uh, radio program. And he called in and he did a impression. It was for a contest. It was an impression of, uh, um, sling blade, Billy sling blade. You are correct. <laughs> okay, for, uh, yes. yeah. Billy Bob Thornton's character sling blade. He was Carl Childers. And <laughs> so great. he, he did that impression on the radio. Did I tell you that? Yes, I think it. I can't remember if it was on the show or not. But regardless, we need to trick him into thinking that he's on KZ one hundred six <laughs> and he's actually just on our show and get him to do his sling blade impression. You think we could do that uh, in our next episode? Yeah, yeah, be a th- good that's goal. totally fine. That'll be fine. Well, okay, we'll try to do that. Um, so, as everyone knows, um, there's a, been a lot going on. Um, the big the thing that has been all over the news is the Rugrats have gone wild and mm-hmm. um, I'm not sure what, what to do about this. It's changed my yeah. life in a lot of ways. Yeah, what do you think about this? Uh, I I think that after all this is said and done, we will look back at this and realize how, how grateful we should be that we were able to get through it. That the, <laughs> that the Rugrats were ever not wild. Yeah, that these Rugrats are no longer wild. When the Rugrats are, st- when they chill out finally, we're gonna be like, man, this is so great. We're gonna be really thankful for a lot of things. You're right. Hey, I'm I'm gonna say something that's gonna be a little controversial here. Oh, I'm, I kind of like that the Rugrats went wild. Oh man. Okay, so uh, that is not reflecting the views of our show or me. Um, well, it's reflecting fifty percent of the views of the show. Yeah, uh, I guess so, but they're not my views. Well, your views don't make up the plurality of, you know, our I, program here. I liked it when the Rugrats went to Paris. I was on board for that. And they even got a little bit wild in Paris. When they Freaking went fully wild, swine. I I could not handle it. I'm not here for the wild Rugrats. No, I was, I was all here for those wild babies. 
and they're wild parents as well. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I guess we should uh, really kind of dive into what we're going to be speaking about today. Uh, yeah, they made a movie about the Rugrats going wild, and it's called The Rugrats <laughs> Go Wild. <laughs> the reason I'm laughing is because I started taking notes while watching this movie twice, like once on my laptop and once on my phone. And uh-huh. when I was taking notes on my laptop, I only wrote one thing down before switching to my phone, so it looks like I only wrote one thing down for the whole movie. Can I read to you yeah. the one note that I wrote? Go ahead. It says, Rugrats go wild at the top, and then under that it says, Everybody kind of tan in this. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, they do look like they got a little bit of a, a little bit of sun on them. And not just because they go wild. like They're kind of tan at the beginning of the movie when they're at home. Hey, things are good, I guess. So, like, I guess let, so. let them enjoy their vitamin D. I guess so. Um, so we are talking about the movie Rugrats Go Wild today on our show where we talk about kids' movies. Rounding out our Rugrats series, we talked about Rugrats the movie. Sorry, the Rugrats movie. We talked about mm-hmm. the Rugrats colon in Paris having a movie is that what the second one was called i think that one that is what it's called you are correct in my belief the empire strikes back of the rograts trilogy in clint's mm-hmm. belief that does not seem to be the case so this is going to be a fun episode today we're talking about the third rograts movie now i can't say the final rograts movie because they are doing another one <laughs> correct at the time well the final at least for now the final fully animated Rugrats movie. Yeah, that seems to be the case. So, um, Clint, what's your experience with the movie Rugrats Go Wild? So I'm going to sound like a little bit of a broken record here. Um, I remember seeing this movie with my grandmother and my brother and my sister. She's basically a recurring character on the show now. She is. We could get her on the podcast, but she would not understand. We could make the uh, whole next episode just an episode where we get your family members on. When I get my immediate family on? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, we've already kind of had my wife on, yeah. uh, so who else is next? But Wait, wait, well, wait, would, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. That brings something up for me. Is Chandler not in the room with you? She is no longer in the room This with new me. house is going to dramatically change our show. <laughs> I mean, there. I have like an office chair in the back in the corner. If you know, at any point you want her to sit back here, but I think she'd get bored. I was really enjoying the dy- dynamic we've had for the last year or so, where Chandler kind of became a reluctant podcast producer, uh-huh, <laughs> like, uh-huh. where she was just in the room and would yell when you said something really stupid. But yeah. I guess that's those days are over. I mean, for the first you know year of our podcast, I was just doing it in my parents' attic, right. so it's almost back to that vein. I guess oh. so. That's sad. R.I.P. Chandler. Yeah. I mean, rip, rip to my wife. You're correct. <laughs> I guess I'm gonna have to get married and move into a house that only has one room. <laughs> hey, you have people that live above you. Can you I like do. I could get, get them, on, them on this? Yeah, it's no, your turn, dude. I'm not doing that. Um, oh, well. Anyway, I interrupted you. Tell me about your grandma. Hey, it's fine. So Nanny and me and Prescott and Katie, my sister, went to go see this movie in theaters, and I believe it was a matinee. Um, We went to go see it at the movie theater in Hickson. Uh, I can't remember what it's called. You used to live in Hickson, Tennessee. Was it the one that was on the hill or the other one? uh, It was the not nice one. They were both not nice back in those days. (laughs) 
Okay, it was the really not nice one. Okay, there was a Regal and a Carmike there, and they were both. It, it was bad. the one not near Chuck E. Cheese. Okay, that helps. Okay, all right. Does does it really? Yes, I think that was the Regal. Okay, yeah, we went to go see it at the Regal Theater then, and uh, it was like a matinee, and on like a Thursday probably when we were just you know little kids, and I can remember specifically Prescott yelling at the screen. Um, it was too wild. (laughs) Tell them to calm down. I can. This is like burned in my memory. It was when Chucky was yelling at the monkeys, you know, to get away from the other monkey to stop picking on him. Mm -hmm. And I remember Prescott standing up and then like climbing over the seat and then yelling, "No, leave Chucky alone!" (laughs) And Prescott was like four at the time. I agree with Prescott. Yeah, I remember. I can remember that viscerally. Uh, what is your experience? Well, I guess this would have been your first experience. Is that correct? Yes, I had not seen this one before. Now, I do remember seeing the trailer for this movie um, and being kind of hype about it because, as we all know, I was a big, pan- <laughs> a big fan of... You're a big pan. I'm a big pan. I was a big fan of Rugrats in Paris. This <laughs> sounds like so- such like, a, like an old mob Italian insult. Yeah, big pan. Yeah, big pan. Um, I was not a big Wild Thornberries fan. Not like I wasn't opposed to them. Um, we have not acknowledged mm-hmm. that yet. The Wild Thornberries are in this movie. Yeah, they're in this one. It is almost as much a Wild Thornberries movie as much as it is a Rugrats movie. I'd say it's more of a Rugrats movie though. Yeah, I think it's like a uh, probably a seventy thirty split. Yeah. Um, so, but I loved the Rugrats and was like, oh, cool, they're doing a movie. And like, when you're a kid, like any sort of crossover in any capacity is thrilling. So, like, I was like, I have to see this. I mean, that's why. Holy crap, how did they do this? That's like, that's why we like Deadpool because he says Batman and we're like, whoa, he's not supposed <laughs> to say that. <laughs> um, but. Yeah, I I remember being exciting about it, excited about it, but then like when you're a kid, you don't have a whole lot of control over the movies you go to see because it's just whichever movies your your parents feel like driving you to. So, mm-hmm. um, I never got around to seeing it, and this was my first experience watching it last night. Yeah, well, nice it, uh, on the Netflix, correct? Yes. Yeah, I you know as an adult now, I realize that it's not a lack of. Whenever I don't want to do something, it's not a lack of, oh, I don't have the money for it, which depending on the activity, that's the case. But um, it's more of a lack of, I just don't want to leave the house right now. And I think that was mostly my parents' motivation as to why we didn't go see more movies when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, So I guess we should get into our first impressions of this movie. I'd like for you to go first. What do you think about this movie? So, if we're using the American star rating system of out of five, I gave this a three out of five stars, which means that I gave it a six out of ten, if you are rounding it up, or a 60 out of 100. So, it's a passing grade on my end. Now, what it is? Uh, what is that out of 300? I believe that that would be a 90 out of 300. Is that right? Um, I think it's a 180 out of 300. 180 out of 300. Yes, you're correct. I was... Partially, I was doing it out of uh, one eighty, I think, or whatever. But uh, yeah, I think so. Either way, it's a passing grade. It's a, it's not a A plus, or it's not a B, or really even a C. 
but it was a passing grade for now me. remind me um compared to the other two regrets movies how does that compare to your ratings of them it's right in line with the first one but it is miles above the second yeah okay so hmm. see this did is you where give the we first disagree. one uh three stars i did i you gave it a three stars paris two stars Mm-hmm. okay which is it's interesting because while we have while we have differentiating opinions uh, between the two, you know, between the first and second and the third, actually, um, we're pretty much like polar opposites. So we're consistent, if anything. Yeah, that's pretty much true. Um, so this was my least favorite of the Rugrats movies, um, hmm. kind of by far, um, and I think I mean. Nostalgia definitely played a role in my love for Rugrats in Paris and um, probably a little bit for the first one as well, even though I didn't see that one as a small child. But um, there was no nostalgic connection for this <laughs> one for me. So I gave this one one and a half stars out of five, which would Yikes. be um, th- uh, 90 out of out of 300. I don't know why I yeah. just decided that we're going to do it out of 300 for today, but we are. So um, yeah. It's funny it while I fun. was watching while I was watching this, I was like, "Oh, I kind of like this," and then partially through it, I was like, "I don't think Elisha's gonna like this at all." Why? What made you think that? It, it just didn't seem like your type of movie. Um, yeah, it's a little bit too wild for me. The Rugrats went too wild. You don't like things that are spoofed, I guess. So, you know, what? you don't like that. What does that mean? Well, I like spoof. <laughs> Do you? I mean, like, you, yeah. What 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 do you mean by spoof? So, I, I you, if my memory is serving me correctly, and correct me if I'm wrong, but what was your feeling towards Shrek Two? I love Shrek Two. Shrek Two was uh, one of my faves. Was it? Okay. Yes, I loved that one. Puss in well, Boots. Then, Puss in Boots is in there. You're correct. But either way. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I guess I can't describe it because my, my whole thesis was completely destroyed now. <laughs> um, but um, you should have just yes-anded me. Sorry. Like, yeah, what? man, spoofs suck. But, like, what about it is is spoofy to you? They parody um, or, like, you know, not necessarily parody, but uh, mock a lot of pop culture. Like, at the time, uh, Lost was real or not Lost, um, Survivor was really popular. And they, you know, made fun of that several times. And uh, they made fun of, like, a Frank Sinatra movie at one point, um, which is really good for the kids, obviously. But they they made, they made poked fun at a lot of things in this. Yeah, I guess it was more referency than the other two, but I don't think that was really my problem with it. I just didn't think it was funny. Like, <laughs> there, I never laughed. I think I, think I laughed really? one half of a time, and it was when... Um, the joke of Phil having a waffle in his diaper and then he takes it out and everybody eats some of it. That <laughs> made me laugh because I love Phil and Lil, but um, I that just did not think like any a of it joke. Was yeah, but he had a waffle in his diaper. I, That's I funny. Laughed. <laughs> You're I not supposed really to hard. have waffles in your diaper. That's not I where really you keep waffles. really hard at the, uh, the idea Clint, that... I don't think you get it. <laughs> The waffle is not normally in your diaper. That's normally oh, hold where on. poop goes. Hold on, I'm standing back. Let me let me give you the stage really quick. Go ahead. So the waffle, <laughs> he had a waffle in his diaper, and he said it's set up earlier in the movie. 
<laughs> he said he's got a waffle. Oh, so this diaper. was like a Chekhov's gun. <laughs> and then like <laughs> 30 minutes <you> later. <laughs> when you reference a waffle in your diaper in the first act, you need to see it through in the third. Is that what you're saying? At the end of the, or like, it was like in their big heartfelt conversation when they're stuck in that cave or whatever. He takes his <laughs> waffle out of his diaper and everybody eats some of it. Mm-hmm. And he pours ketchup on it because he also yes, had ketchup in he also diet. had ketchup in there. Now that is comedy, and that's the only good joke in this movie. Sure, I laughed really hard at the fact that they thought they were going on the Lipschitz cruise, which uh, is uh, he's a child psychologist. So the idea that it's a cruise line that they're all going on, put on, and entertained by a child psychologist was very funny to me. Yeah, I didn't put two and two together there. Maybe this would have been a five-star film if I'd caught that sick, yeah. <laughs> smart joke. I also thought that it was funny, uh, Angelica's mom, when she like ripped off her dress or whatever, uh, scandally, and it was, and she was like, wearing shorts or whatever under it, but it played that like kinky jazz music. That was funny to me. Oh, that was funny to you? That was funny to me. You're correct. I'm glad you thought that was funny. Um why don't you just give me a 10,000 foot view of this movie? Sure. So even, even though this movie is, you know, they're going wild. I feel like it's fairly linear in a lot of ways. It it doesn't, I mean, there's like a few side quests, but I feel like the whole thing is side quests. It's just like characters pairing off with characters from other TV shows. And then they all kind of get back together at the end. Yes. But it's, they all are at least trying to do the same thing. Which is like try to get off the island. Which is go wild. Which is to go wild, yes. Um, but sure, I will give you a 10,000 foot view of this. How are we getting up there? Um, I, uh, I don't. S- they don't really go. They go, <laughs> they they go low in they this. They go sideways a lot. <laughs> yeah, they go they don't sideways really go a up lot. a whole lot. I they, guess we could get like a big wave. Yeah. A big old wave throws us up in the air. Yeah. Woohoo. Woohoo. Yeah. Woohoo. We're woo-hoo. up here in the okay. air. Sweet. Cool. Good. 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 Um, so the Rugrats, here they are again. Uh, they're about to go on a vacation. Uh, they think that Stu Pickles, the main dad, which uh, he is the he is the butt of the joke in this whole movie, basically, uh, says that he's going to take the family on a cruise. And they think that's going to be on the Lipschitz cruise line, which is supposed to be like a Norwegian cruise line type thing. Turns out it's just like a little dinghy pontoon boat type thing. Uh, And he's just taking them in the ocean on this terribly unsafe boat. Um, And then they get caught in a storm and they get stuck on the island. Who else is on that island? Surprise, it's the Thornberries. Uh, Nigel and Marianne and his children and Monkey all on the island, and they're just having a grand old time looking for, a like, a spotted leopard or something like that. And uh, the whole idea of this movie is that they're trying to get off the island, um, and then everyone gets kind of lost, and here we are. They get off the island. The end. Hooray. And the, and the Thornberries get to go on a vacation. Yeah, the Thornberries finally get to go on a vacation, and so do the Pickleses. Um. Yeah, so this is a movie with the Rugrats and the Wild Thornberries, and it's kind of like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich because you're putting mm. two things together, and that's my so, take on this movie. 
<laughs> so you said that you weren't really a fan of the wild thornberries. I didn't dislike them. I just didn't watch them nearly as much as I watched Rugrats. Um, I I definitely was a bigger fan of the Wild Thornberries than I was Rugrats. Okay. I actually completely forgot that Eliza's the middle child, right? She Well, Donnie, the, the little wild boy, he's technically adopted. Oh, really? So, yeah. They're, like that's the thing with wild thornberries is my memory of them is that you know they would have like these little fun adventures but then they would have episodes that were like kind of sad and you know really like downer episodes um and Donnie was one of them where he his family was like explorers and then they just like lost him in the woods and then he was like raised by animals for a year or two in his like developmental years and then the thornberries found him and he like never mentally recovered from it and he was like a broken child i feel like i would um enjoy this show if i watched it <laughs> and now i'm tempted to watch it if it's like streaming anywhere but i don't know where there was watch like nickelodeon shows I remember it it got like dark at times I remember there was like witchcraft involved which is like Eliza her her big thing is that she can speak to animals. Right. And, and what I was about to say was I did not remember that when this when she started talking to animals I was like, "Oh, and I you're like, that was wait a, a minute." <laughs> which is, you know, it's a funny plot of or premise for this show is that her dad is like the Steve Irwin type character, but he's not very good at her his job, yeah. but she can like speak to animals and they're just like, "Please leave us alone." And that's really it. Um, yeah. But, yeah, like, the whole way, if I'm rem- remembering correctly, that she, like, got that ability is through, like, a shaman that was dying. And they, like, passed their ability on to her or something like that. Bizarre. Um, yeah. Does does everyone, is the whole family aware that she can talk to animals? No. Uh, only her sister. Why? She doesn't want to... I think that she's worried about how it'll affect her parents' relationship with her. Like, she doesn't want to be used, I guess. She That's doesn't necessarily... She That's... likes that. She likes speaking with animals, but I think that she doesn't really like that her family spends all their time with animals. Um, I feel like that's kind of a trope of all... Um, especially kids' movies and shows, is, like, if something weird happens, the immediate thing is, like, don't tell anyone. Because mm-hmm. that's how you have to have that's how you have tension in your story is that yeah. there has to be a secret. <laughs> but it's like if I suddenly got zapped by an alien and had alien powers, I would tell everyone. <laughs> Why does no one ever tell anyone these things? I don't think that I would, and it's because I've been trained by these TV shows not to tell people. I have this weird things thing in my brain where whenever something interesting to me happens, I just start telling mm-hmm. everyone whether it's going to be interesting to them or not. And sometimes I have to tell myself to not tell people about the interesting thing that's going on because uh, I I tend to jump the gun and like just start sure. telling people things. So I don't know. Maybe I, I, I wouldn't fit into one of these shows, but I've completely forgot that that was Eliza's thing. So, so she can talk to animals, but that's not what the whole show is about, right? Like she's not, the main character it's kind of no she's the main she's the main character in the in the tv show yeah yeah it's basically her and then her parents are major major supporting characters that's weird because this this movie does not give you that impression she is no it doesn't probably in this movie the least of the thornberries 
Uh, yeah, I'd say so, um, if not the mom, uh, but this definitely makes it seem like the dad is the mm-hmm. main character, which her dad is hilarious, uh, well, played Tim by Curry. Tim Curry. Yeah, uh, a very funny character. Very good. Um, I do like Tim Curry. I like mm-hmm. a lot of the Thornberries stuff in this movie. It's the Rugrats stuff that I don't like, and I don't know. I just think it's boring and not very funny, but... I'm curious if I'm, and you kind of mentioned it earlier. I'm curious to think, what did you think about the animation? Um, I liked it. I mean, I've always liked the Rugrats animation and the the Wild Thornberries animation is not that different, but there is yeah. some difference. So, like, whenever they're on the screen, the same the screen at the same time, like Rugrats and Wild Thornberries characters, it is a little weird. Like, they're not the same style of animation, but I liked it yeah. for the most part. Um, yeah, I feel like you, you mentioned though that they uh, were kind of tanner or yes, whatever. They are, um, and I feel like it's because they they were different styles of animation. So I feel like they had to kind of either heighten one and lower the other to make them on some plane, and that plane happened to make them look a little healthier. <laughs> yeah, the the Rugrats characters look too healthy in this. That's a problem. Yeah, I mean, in the TV show, they all looked kind of, they all look really gnarly. Uh, yeah. I mean, the Rugrats like characters all, are always very pale in the show, and they're not in this, and that's mm-hmm. that caught me off guard. Um, they do look very healthy. When Darwin, that's the monkey, right? Correct. When he makes that sandwich, and then it starts raining, and then his sandwich melts, that was... Did uh, you feel that? that? I felt that, and that was the most emotional part of this movie. See, this is this is what's interesting is that I liked the first one more than you because it was emotional, and the uh, Rugrats in Paris is just as emotional as the first one, if not more. I, I don't know. I I I think that Rugrats in Paris had a it painted with a broader brush with its comedy, though. Um, you know, the things that were funny and silly uh, were heightened a lot more in that one how can you uh, like this so movie more than <laughs> that's all this movie well that is. that's that's the thing and that i was gonna say is interesting is that um i criticized it for that and you criticized the first one for not having as much of that but now it's like the, the opinions are completely reversed yeah but i i the thing that i like about rugrats in paris is the emotional core and that's so i don't think it's fair to say that i don't like the. I mean, I, that's not what you said, but like, I I like the emotional core, and that was my favorite part of the first one was the story of Tommy and Dill. Um, I just thought it was weird that they were just in the woods the whole time. It was a little too <laughs> grounded, but and this one has a little bit of that too, where like the, in the first one, I was upset by the real danger that these babies were in, mm-hmm. and that this one has that too because they're like in a boat, they're all about to die, and I'm like, these are babies. <laughs> These are it's babies. Like, it's not fun to me. This is sad and scary. I did think that it was weird, you know, speaking of babies, uh, how they like kind of carelessly threw out the fact that Susie's parents were not coming along. Yeah. Or, how was that explained exactly? So, and it made me think, and I, I couldn't find anything 
they were like, oh, Susie, glad you're here. Why aren't your parents here? And she's like, oh, my mommy uh, found a new disease and my dad's playing with puppets <laughs> or something like that. And that. I mean, that's how carelessly it was thrown away. Yeah. And so I couldn't think, like, were her parents played by famous people and they just couldn't secure no, them for I don't this think movie? So. I think they just thought it would be too many people, but they wanted Susie to be along for the ride in this one, which... Um, I was glad that Susie gets to come along because Susie's great and she doesn't get yeah. to be a part of the adventure and the other two. So, um, yeah, in the in the in Rugrats in Paris, that was kind of a gripe. I didn't mention it on the recording that I had with it is that she's a fun character, but they're like, oh, Susie, we're seeing, you know, we're going to Paris, and she's like, okay, bye, and so she's I mean, in it for like just a minute. Same thing with the first one, though. She's not really right part of the story. Um, yeah, but. Yeah, I mean, they didn't have to explain it that way. It could have just been that she was coming along with Angelica's family because her friend, her parents were like, you can bring a friend. Like, that's something that happens sometimes, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, I've gone on vacations with friends before. It's weird, but I've yeah. done it. Um, here's the question, though. Are Susie and Angelica friends, though? Because they don't seem to like each other very much. Yeah, I don't, yeah, that's the thing is, like, I think that Susie just kind of likes hanging out with these babies that she yeah. can talk to. <laughs> Um, I think that's it. I mean, I, I think we've all kind of had friends like that too in the past where it's like you're friends because you're the same age and like really you yeah. just find each other annoying more than you're actually friends. So that's kind of realistic, but she yeah. likes the babies and the babies like her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember I had one of those friends. It was, I'm not going to say his name, but I remember he almost cut off his foot with a lawnmower. On purpose? No, well, no, on accident. I had one of those friends too, and now I do a podcast with him. So <laughs> you and I, you oh. and I, were, we played together in high school. Yeah, good one. Yeah. Um, so Spike. Okay. Yes, that um, that's a good part of the movie. I like Bruce Willis. Okay, when I was I was hearing his voice, and I was like, "Who is this? This." This has to be somebody famous. They're giving him a lot of lines. And it was Bruce Willis, and that was a, a shock to my system. You didn't know that going into it? I did not, know. I remember that being a part of the trailer as a kid. And at the time, I don't think I really knew who Bruce Willis was. But I remember the reveal that Spike could talk, and they were like, Bruce Willis. And then like later in life, when I found out who Bruce Willis actually is, I was like, oh, he was Spike in Rugrats Go Wild, a movie that I didn't <laughs> see. <laughs> So when you're watching Die Hard, you're like, is that Spike from Rugrats Go Wild? The dog from Rugrats. I, I mean, like, they had to make him talk in this. Like, it just, yeah. it had to happen because they have Elisa, so. Yeah, it's a good bit. Um, but then it, that ends up being Eliza's only part in the story is getting to talk to Spike, and she's not really anything. Yeah. Which is weird. One, like, one, like, gripe that I had with this movie, though, was what they did with uh, Nigel Thornberry for, like, the first, you know, act of the movie. Yeah. Uh, and they did this, and it was a big gripe that a lot of people had, I remember, for Toy Story 3, was that they... Spanish you know, buzz. Yes. They Spanish buzzed him. Mm-hmm. Uh, where he got hit on the head with a coconut, and he thought he was a baby. Yeah. Um. And it's like, okay, you know, I, I like the character not because he does funny voices, but because the character of Nigel Thornberry is very funny. Yes. Um, and so that was kind of a gripe that I had with this movie. Yeah, that is kind of a bummer. I mean, and they try to make the emotional core of this movie, which 
they put a lot less focus on that than in either of the other two Rugrats movies. But the emotional core is that Tommy wants to be, as he calls him, Nigel Strawberry. Mm-hmm. Um, cute. <laughs> I guess cute. <laughs> you didn't think that was cute? I don't know. It's just like all of these movies have like a very emotional scene at the end of the second act where mm-hmm. they're like stuck somewhere and they're all sad <laughs> and they talk about something and in Rugrats in Paris um Chucky is like it says a baby's got to do what a baby's got to do which is Tommy's line and it's like awesome that he says it yeah um, then he pulls out a knife in this one they try to make it like and Tommy's like I'm sorry that I tried to be Nigel Strawberry everybody and they're like it's okay you mm-hmm. can be him like, I don't know. It just doesn't work. It's nothing. The The stakes of this one were kind of interesting, though, is that they were trapped at the bottom of the ocean, and they were running out of oxygen. Yeah. And Nigel Thornberry was like, okay, I think we're going to die. I'm going to do a shadow puppet show for you. <laughs> <laughs> Which, that was kind of sad a little bit, because he, like, he didn't want to frighten the babies. He was just so sweet to these kids that he had never met before, and he, so he did a shadow puppet show for them so they wouldn't freak out. Yeah, he's very nice to the babies, and it's like it's weird because they're just random babies. <laughs> he's well, that's the, th- that's the thing. is like In the TV show, he's just an unyieldingly kind person. Um, let's just go through all the different plot lines because everybody gets kind of split up. So sure, you've, you've got Angelica and Debbie. They bond over being brats. Debbie Thornberry. Uh, yes, which is fun. That's probably my favorite plot line. Mm-hmm. Um, and Debbie you... thinks that she is a native child. Yes, <laughs> which is uh, funny because they're like, she's like, how do you? You sure do know a lot about CDs yeah, she's for being a, a native Island child. Princess. An island princess, and she's like, oh, the king, uh, a TV washed up on the beach, and the king made us all watch it. And she goes, all right, cool. <laughs> um, and then you've got the babies with Nigel Thornberry. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got Spike with Eliza and Darwin. Yep. Um, and then you kind of a, a side plot of the Nigel Thornberry plot is... Um, Chucky and Donnie. <laughs> mm-hmm. I wish like the whole thing had been they switch places for the whole movie. Yeah, that would have been great, but they don't do that. Um, and then you've got the parents off on their own, and who cares about them? Yeah, is that all of them? I believe so. Yes. Yeah, that that's all of them. Um, Dill wasn't in this as much as I thought he would be. I thought he was in it a lot more, but yeah. Well, he can't do much. He's just a yeah. baby. He's just a dumb baby, as opposed to the other dumb babies. Well, they're <laughs> smarter babies. Yeah, slightly, slightly smarter. They're togglers. Togglers, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that covers all the the side plots. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing is like a side plot, and then the side plots all kind of culminate together within the last fifteen minutes. Um, do you remember that song that um? They sing about halfway through when the babies are running through the jungle and just talking about how great the jungle is. Yeah, was that a parrot? Was that like ripped off of another song or is that original? I, I don't think it was, but it was one of the worst songs I've ever heard. <laughs> okay, it's, I thought it was all right. <laughs> no, it's so bad. The words were, I, um, 
I should have looked up the lyrics ahead of time. Okay, but is it as is it as bad as I want a mom that yes. will knit me a it's sweater? It's way worse than that. Are you kidding me? That that song is good. Is it? It's yes, and that I don't even know that that song was written for Rugrats in Paris. Maybe it was, but it was still like a song sung by an artist and not like the characters singing a song. Um, That's true. Yeah, it was sung by Cindy Lauper. Uh, yeah, let me let me. F- I'm pulling up the soundtrack now. I think I've got the lyrics pulled up here. Oh, you think so? Yes. It's not Lizard Love by Aerosmith. It's called no. It's called It's a Jungle Out Here. Okay, yeah, I see it now. This place is different than our own backyard. I hope we haven't gone too far. We're somewhere's mm-hmm. new, and we haven't a clue. I just saw that butterfly turn blue. This is a strange and mysterious place. We had lots of yummy buggies for us to chase. We're walking, and we don't know where. Woo-wee, it's a jungle out here. <laughs> not not there, here. Um, uh, there, I don't know. I just thought I thought it was very bad. <laughs> Um, I kind of liked it. Well, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So the one thing that I I I was thinking at the very end of the movie is that if I didn't know that, and I, I and you know I I think I do reserve the right to criticize it as well, even though I did like it more than you because I didn't give it a perfect grade. But if I didn't know that this movie was on on the big screen it would have surprised me if you had told me that because it did feel like a tv movie um it felt like a big screen movie to me just because of the difference in the animation style from the show you know there's always just like a little bit more budget (laughs) there sure and that was really the only thing that felt like a big screen movie to me um i don't know the more i think about it one and a half stars might be a little harsh it's probably a two-star movie but mm-hmm. okay i can work with two it's, it's definitely not a three-star movie you're you're out of your mind it's way too <laughs> I, wild i just liked it well i like the thornberries and i think that was the saving grace for me in this one um so i like those thornberries and i like how wild they get yeah they are pretty wild i like the <laughs> thornberries better than the rugrats but I kind of just need, wish this was a Wild Thornberries movie. We don't need the Rugrats. You need in it. to go back. You need to go back and watch the Wild Thornberries because if I my want memory to. is serving. Yeah, if my memory is serving me correctly, like the depth of the show was beyond beyond what our child brains could comprehend. Hmm. Uh, you're probably giving it a lot of credit. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. Oh, uh, I just saw on the Wikipedia page that this was called. Um, Rugrats Meet the Wild Thornberries as the working title and I actually remember that the first trailer was called that and then when they uh, announced later that it was called Rugrats Go Wild I was like sad and I don't remember why <laughs> do you think the girls gone wild guys were like hey now wait a second we gotta capitalize on this opportunity <laughs> I would say you think that that's what triggered them to become pervs is they saw the title and they're like oh if the Rugrats can go wild, <laughs> anyone can. So, so anyone can. Um, do you have any other things that you just have to say about this film? I've said all I have to say about it. No, I mean, I. Oh, well, okay. I think that it's also kind of unfair that uh, Kira, Kimmy's mom, and Kimmy didn't really get more treatment than they deserved. 
Well, it's just it's a movie with a lot of characters. You can't really have that many characters get a lot of screen time. Yeah, I know, but they're both good characters, so it was kind of sad. Yeah, um, Kira is great. She does threaten to divorce her husband at one point, <laughs> but she didn't <laughs> threaten true. to divorce him. She says she wishes she, she had never left Paris. Yeah, she's like, <laughs> she's like, never oh. left Paris. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean that's probably you're probably true. No, it's not true. The Finster family is a wonderful well, family. She never said and you have to and you have to stay in America. Like he could have been there. Chaz could have been a part of the equation. He could have. Um I don't think that's what she was implying though. Yeah, you're probably right. Well, um even though babies are um below the age of accountability that does not mean that they are incapable of sin mm-hmm. and unfortunately there are some sinful moments in this movie good job i was pretty proud of that one how how long you been sitting on that one? Oh man it just came up it came to me right before i said it i mean um, you even threw in an age of accountability like that's mm-hmm. you're getting new testament on this one Oh, Age of Accountability is not in the Bible. It's something that people made up. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, tune into our theology podcast. It's coming out. Yeah, soon. tune. <laughs> um, yeah. So, sinful moments is a segment on the show where we talk about when people sin. Um, we go to IMDb <laughs> and we open up the parents' guide section, which is where all of the parents write the things that they are freaked out about that they don't want their children to hear or see on the movie screen. So mm-hmm. there are five categories, sex and nudity, violence and gore, profanity, alcohol and drugs, and smoking, and frightening and intense scenes. Um, which one would you like to start with? Um, frightening and intense scenes, please. Okay. Uh, anything that you can guess that might be in there? I mean... There's like a a big old a big old ocean storm that was kind of scary that put them in some peril, right? Yeah, and it says one of the bigger scenes of the movie was when the Rugrats characters encounter a large storm that causes them to abandon ship. This scene might be suspenseful for some younger viewers. Yeah, I should say so. They're babies and they're going to die. <laughs> yep. In fact, the ship holds up so well that it becomes a submarine. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's one other thing in here that's kind of just like a whole section of the movie, more than one scene. Uh, they're trapped in uh, a submarine under the water, and they're about to run out of oxygen and die. Weirdly enough, it doesn't mention that. It does mention the okay. tiger and uh, yeah, that makes sense. the crocodile and them sinking in some mud, um, which is all, that's all in the beginning scene when they're imagining, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yeah, it does not talk about them about to die in a submarine, which is weird. Yeah, interesting. Because that wasn't frightening enough for them. Um, what nope. what section do you want to look at next? Is there anything in profanity? Uh, it has three words. Can you guess what those three words are? Um, Is it bottom poop? <laughs> 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 no. It says, uh, uh, <laughs> it says minor name calling. Oh, okay. So it's not the actual words. No, I thought they were just going to name off the words. No. <laughs> minor name calling. Yes. Well, I mean, yeah, they're babies. They're all minors, so. Um, alcohol, drugs, and smoking. <laughs> Do you think there's anything in there? Yeah, that's interesting. Um, 
I um no. What what would be in there? So it just says various characters hold drinks in a few scenes, but it's impossible to tell what's in them. <laughs> Other than one scene where people have what looks like champagne. So yeah, they're on the boat, and at, it looks like they have champagne. I feel like you have to, if you're going to be thinking that way, anytime there is a beverage in a movie, you have to be like, like, well, mm? you could have spiked that. <laughs> yep. Every every single beverage is viewed with scrutiny. Um, Let's talk about violence and gore. Okay. Violence and gore. So, I mean, they bully. They bully Mr. Pickles. Is that violence? That's, that's verbal violence. Um, no, that's not in here. Um, um, any other guesses? I mean, uh, I, I wonder if this would be gore, but Nigel Thornberry, like, falls down a mountain? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. So that's in here. It says, Nigel accidentally falls, bounces down a cliff, and lands crotch first on a branch. He yep, then he falls does. off that, bounces some more, and lands on the ground. And then he gets hit in the head by a coconut. Yeah. Um, um, and then the I, other thing that it says is very weird. And okay, I what does it say? It says a tiger slits a man's finger, and then he reacts. Yeah, I remember that. Um, do you remember that? I don't think I do. It's like that spotted leopard that is out in the wild, and it's when Nigel still thinks that he's a baby, and he goes up, and he's like, Err, kitty cat. And then it like slits his finger, and he's like, Errie. I've just never thought of a finger as something that you can slit. It's slit, yeah. <laughs> Hey, let's hear your best Nigel Thornberry impression. Uh, what's something he says? Smashing. Smashing. Uh, that was subpar. <laughs> I, I didn't claim to be able to do it. Darling. Get, I, need to, I need to get rid of those babies. <laughs> Look at all uh, these babies. Hey, children, gather around the submarine. Look at this giant, this giant squid. Um, we've saved our final um, sinful moments category, um, the best one for last. Mm-hmm. It's called sex and nudity. What do you think's in here? Heck yeah. So um, Mrs. Pickles, meaning Angelica's mother, r- rips her dress off. That is not in and here. That Okay, that's insane. Yeah. They because missed a that, lot of stuff. The sexuality of that moment is definitely played up. So Yeah. Um any uh, other guesses? You see you, you see the I'm gonna do this one the rest of this is Nigel. Oh boy. You see the baby's bottoms at the beginning. Yeah, it says I mean the rest of it's just all about baby bottoms. It says, um we see Tommy's cartoon bear butt when the tiger grabs his diaper and pulls it away mm-hmm. from him, and we see Chucky naked washing his clothes at a waterfall, but we only see his butt and no other private parts. Thank goodness. In addition, <laughs> see many other baby butts throughout the film. It's it doesn't it butts. doesn't say anything about Debbie's midriff, does it? No, nothing. I mean She's always exposing her midriff right in the show, so I think they were yeah. just used to that. Yeah. Smashing. Smashing. Well, that's been Sinful Moments. Excellent. I'm free. You're free. So now we have to put this movie through our gauntlet of our three questions that we ask of every movie. Um, and let's see if I can remember them without having notes in front of me. <laughs> oh, you got this. Um, is it as good as Arrival? Is it no, as good as Shrek? No. Let's start. Yeah, let's try that again. <laughs> is it better than Rugrats in Paris? 
Yeah, okay, you got one of them right. Okay, now, um, is this movie good for kids? Is it good for adults? And does it stand the test of time? Um, you got them. It's the first one. Clint, is this movie good for kids? Oh, uh, yeah, I think it's good for kids. Yeah, I think it's, it's fine fun. for kids. It's a, yay, okay. I was going to be a little peeved if you said no, because no, I don't think it has kids. anything bad for kids. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, other than a lot of baby bottoms. <laughs> other than a lot of mid-drift. We're going to be causing a lot of babies to stumble, <laughs> but that's fine. Um, sure. Is this movie good for adults? Mm, yeah, sure, why not? No, it's not. <laughs> I'm going to say yes. I'm, I'm say an adult, yes. and I don't think it is. I'm an adult who did not see it as a kid, and I didn't like it. Well, you're the you're the test audience. I, I enjoyed this. Um, I guess I just won't answer this third question because I can't. Um, does this movie stand the test of time? It's smashing it does. Does it? It does for me, yeah. I, en- I enjoyed it. Hmm. It's too wild I enjoyed it me. enough. All right, well, so that it gets a passing grade, right? Yes, it walks. You are correct. So um, it goes to uh, our raptors. Well, it just it just walks. Wait, no, our ra- does it? Yeah, it only it goes to the raptors. Yeah. So okay, so we're going out of five, right? Or no, we're going out of how many? Five. Yeah. Yeah. Five. It only. Yeah. I said no to one question, so it's a four out of five. <gasps> Yeah. Okay. Sweet. Yeah. Goes out of five. All right. Um, it goes to the Raptors. Yeah, that's fine. I don't care that much. I don't enjoy like... you, clever girls. Enjoy you, clever girls. See if you can handle this wild flick. <laughs> it's <laughs> pretty spicy. It might wild. give you an upset stomach. It's got some jalapenos in it. <laughs> Make um, your tummy hurt. So this movie has passed the test. Unfortunately, I do have to think about it again at some point in my <laughs> life. Um, what do we do now? Do we <laughs> we we plug our social media? Is that what we do? Well, we need to say what's coming next. Oh yeah, what's next on the show? If I, what is next on the show? We're gonna change it up and man, we've been doing a lot of animation recently. It feels like. Am I right in saying that? Uh yeah, I mean we've done three animated movies, and then what did we do before well, Rugrats? What did we do well, before Sonic. Rugrats? Sonic, yeah, which has got some animation in it. Yeah, um, but we're moving back into skin. We're moving back into live action. <laughs> you don't like that terminology. Well, that's what we're going with. Uh, we're moving into the skin house, and uh, we're gonna be <laughs> we're skinning it up, and we're going to be chatting about the live action. Dana Carvey movie, Master of Disguise. This movie is about a man who is a master of disguise. <laughs> this man is. This movie is about a man who is this him? Who knows? He's in the Turtle Club. He's turtly enough for the Turtle Club. Turtle, turtle. Uh, it's just what I remember from the uh, the trailer. <laughs> that w- this movie was Dana Carvey seeing. Um, Mike Myers do Austin Powers and going, I can do that. I think I would like to do that. <laughs> and yep. then he made one movie and he was like, I would like to do a trilogy like Mike. <laughs> and everyone was <laughs> like, no, you don't get a trilogy. Did they want to do a trilogy of Master Oh, of I don't know. I just think, oh, okay. I mean, because Austin Powers was a trilogy, but. Yeah, I mean, true. 
Um, but yeah, Master of Disguise is what we'll be chatting about in a few weeks. So that'll be a fun time. Tune in for that. I don't know where it's streaming, but probably somewhere. Find it. Um, I believe it's on Netflix. Is it? I, mean, I believe so, yeah. We have the ability to just check that before we just tell people things that might not be true. So let's check it. And you, Go you, ahead. You can tell a joke while I'm checking. Oh, man. Smashing, darling. (laughs) (laughs) How about those beans? Marion, get me some more beans. Um, Is it? Did you you find it? I'm running out of things to say. Say one more smashing. Smashing. Master of Disguise is not on Netflix, so... Oh, darling, no. (laughs) Um, But... The good news is that new Pokemon movie is on Netflix, which is just a mm-hmm. remake of the other Pokemon movie. It just looks a little better. Yeah. Or I would say it looks worse, in my opinion. But Yeah. Um, so, yeah, find it somewhere. We'll, we'll figure it out. Um, Once we find it, we will post something about it, unless it's illegal. Or unless we forget. Right, um, correct. Which will probably happen. You should follow us on social media. We have a Twitter account. It's at purely nostalgia. Pod? Oh yeah, and you can <laughs> is it pod? purely nostalgia on is it, Twitter? Is it purely nostalgia pod or purely nostalgia? It's purely nostalgia. Purely nostalgia pod is our Instagram. I told you not having the notes would ruin our show forever. <laughs> You're correct. Well, you okay? Granted, you have not had internet in like a week. I know. Um. So, yeah, you should follow us on both of those. Yeah, it's pod on on Instagram and just purely nostalgia on Twitter. I have a personal Twitter account at Elisha P. Smith, but don't follow me on there because I'm not using it right now until mm-hmm. Lent is over. Which You've is Lented. Next week. Well, when this comes out, it'll only be a few more days. But instead of following me on Twitter, you should follow me on TikTok because that is my career now. Yeah, you're you've gained some prominence. That's for sure. I don't know if prominence is the word, but I have been posting TikToks, and that's what's mm-hmm. important. That's true. Yeah, follow, follow him on TikTok if you um, like great content from. Is that also Elisha P. Smith? Uh, no, thank you for asking. It is Mr. Wallet. M i s t e r Wallet. Mr. Wallet. All right, Mr. Wallet. Thank you for that. And you can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Clint J.H. Page. The J.H. does stand for Jazz Hands. And, and uh, if you uh, if you like what you're hearing, uh, you can give us a five-star review on iTunes. Uh, five-star review goes a long way in making sure we are at the top of the list as nostalgic-based content. And, Elisha, last time I checked, we've moved up the list. Really? We did. Uh, we have replaced purely poop, and so we have gone up. Is purely poop still on there, just below us? I, I didn't see them. They've dropped so much. Wow. I mean, yeah, we did it. We brought the down their empire. Um, yeah, leave us a review, please. Um, Clint, looking back on the three Rugrats movies, sum, sum them up. Sum up this saga in a sentence. These babies are lost. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, that's all there is to it. Well, um, that'll do, Donkey. We'll see you soon. And Skinath for Should I stay or should I go now? Should I stay or should I go now? If I go, there will be trouble. And if I go, there will be trouble.
Tiger King. People like this, huh? People do like that Tiger King. That's right. Um, is that funny that I said that? Is that relevant and funny? Yeah, I mean, if you have something, if you have something funny and silly to say about it, then well, I mean, Tiger King. Like, what about the freaking Lion King? That was first, huh? Yeah, freaking Lion King was first. Hey, are they gonna do a freaking live action remake of the Tiger King? Because I... yeah, they are. Did <laughs> you? <laughs> oh, it's uh, Kate McKinnon from SNL. She is uh, producing it. Oh, okay, interesting. And uh, they're wanting to get David Spade to play uh, Joe Exotic. Now is Joe Exotic the main tiger? Is he the Tiger King? He is the he the is the Tiger King. Yes. His name is Joe Exotic. His name is his yeah. His name is Joe Exotic, and yep. he ran for president. I'm starting to see why this show is interesting to people. <laughs> 